This is the 401 Podcast. Join Rhode Island sports journalist and basketball scribe Kevin McNamara with guests from the Ocean State sports scene and beyond. Now, here's your host, Kevin McNamara. Hello and welcome back to the 401 Podcast on Kevin Mac Sports. I'm your host, Kevin McNamara, and thanks for joining me very much here on the 401. It's look outside it's almost 50 degrees as i sit here in east providence all the snow is melted i can definitely see march if not april so all's good right certainly good times if you follow the providence college friars or have seen this year's team at the dunkin donut center the place has been rocking that's off to steve napolillo bob driscoll everyone else who was doing a great job down there with one sellout after the next for the friars with two home games remaining uh, this has been the ultimate dream season for everyone at PC and with the Friars. The best regular season in nearly 50 years. 50. Now, how will the season end when the biggest games arrive next month? We shall see. But as someone once said, just sit back and enjoy the ride. So you know who enjoys that ride more than most? Joe Hassett. Everyone knows Joe, or feels they do, after watching him play at PC in the 1970s, in the NBA, and then listening to him call the action on radio alongside John Rook for so many seasons, 33 or so and counting. On this edition of the 401 Podcast, we're going to talk Friars with Joe, but also college basketball around the country, what makes a shooter, and Joe Hassett knows shooting, also a little golf, maybe even Russian golf. Is there such a thing? Well, pleased to welcome in to the 401 Podcast our friend Joe Hassett. And Joe, you know, it's it's actually, I look outside and it's not quite golf weather. And, you know, it's February, but we can certainly see March and the spring. It's it's not too bad, Joe. Have we passed winter's worst days? Oh, absolutely. Kevin, if it's 25 degrees and no wind, the sun's out, I'm playing. I'm definitely out there. Got to love it. We play. Got to love it. And uh, <laughs> so, it just means March is getting uh, close, and March is uh, college basketball's best times. And, you know, if you're not at a basketball game, you can get out and play a little golf in March, right? Oh, oh yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I looked at my RIGA schedule, see what's uh, going on with the tournaments. And, yeah, I can't wait to get out there and play. For sure. For sure. Well, I just think back to two years ago when the world blew up, how much golf we played in March. I mean, it was like constantly we had great weather and couldn't wait to get out of the house it was pandemic free but you know we'll see we'll see how yeah. it goes a lot of people got out there and played much that never did before and they realized hey it's not too bad out here you put your irish sweater on you get out there and you're banging around that's it's it nice. that's it now the good news is we're going to be busy with the friars uh and maybe a few other local teams you never know brian's having a good year you know joe before we start about the uh, friars a little bit uh I, I know you watch a lot of games uh, I'm curious, who do you like around the country, say non-Big East, because I think most of the people listening here know all about the Big East. Well, I like UCLA. Uh, I like the way they play. I mean, they have, uh, they're starting to peak a little bit right now. They're, they're on a nice winning streak, and they got basically the same team they had last year. Uh, they all can score. They shoot it pretty well. They play good defense, and they're veterans, you know, and I, I think they're going to be a tough team to beat out there. You know, and, you know, you got uh, teams in that SEC. I mean, that SEC is a very difficult basketball league. You know, you got Auburn's pretty good. That You know, that big kid's probably going to be the number one pick in the draft. And yep. you get 
every game is close in the NCAA tournament, or you know, down you know the last you know 16 games or so, and you need somebody who can step up and make big shots and a go-to guy, and they have that guy at, at Auburn, so they're going to be good. And of course, Gonzaga. I mean, you know, uh, they're a team that's uh, going to be very difficult to beat this year. They had a nice run at it last year. I thought they they shot their wad against uh, UCLA. Yeah, I mean, they that sure was a did. Tough, tough game. Yeah, they, you know, then they went out and played Baylor. Had nothing left. I mean. They were dead in the water. They were so beat up after that game. So, I think they're looking to turn that around. So, there'll be a lot of good, a lot of good teams uh, in, in the tournament. And you know, Purdue's going to be tough to beat out of the Big Ten. You know, you got our buddy Ricky Bonds of Tennessee's got some good, solid players there. Mm-hmm. And then you got the Big East. You got the Friars and Villanova. Going to be tough. I think Marquette gets in. They're going to be a tough team to beat. So that. I think it's wide open this year more than ever. Yeah, you know, I think the two best teams that I've seen. Well. Oh, Maybe peaking at the right time is certainly Gonzaga. You know, they're such a, a unique team, the way they play offense and put so much pressure on a defense. I, I really like Kentucky this year. And I, usually I, um, I, I think Calipari's teams are overrated, you know, filled with one and dones. It's not the case this year. He's got those transfers. The big kid, Oscar, is a transfer from West Virginia. He's outstanding. Uh, Kellen Grady, the transfer from Davidson in his fifth year. I think he has a right mix of young and old this year. Uh, Joe, I, I, I'm curious... Again, toss out the Big East. We're a little biased. Uh, the best leagues around the country, everyone is uh, see the SEC, Big 12, Big 10. Uh, I'll give you my two cents. I think the SEC by far has the best talent, uh, the best pro prospects, the best athletes. Whether they have the best teams, we'll find out in the NCAA. And then the Big 12 and the Big 10, we, we, we see them on TV so, so much. They look like they have a lot of good teams, and they always seem to crap out in the big tournament. You know, the, the Southeast Conference, the SEC, which is known for football, you know, you play those teams in a one-game tournament like the NCAA, they're tough to beat because they're big, physical, fast. I mean, they're all NBA-type bodies. I mean, they're, they're really difficult to beat in the tournament. Yeah, I think the Big Ten's always overrated every year. I mean, they, you know, they, they all play about the same way. Uh, in their conference, uh, everybody plays the same defense, and uh, you know the, the styles are all the same. And half court, grind it out. You know the the Big Twelve. You know Tim Wells, our buddy, who's coach from coach at Providence, and he's done a lot of Big Twelve games. And, um, you know for ESPN, he told me he said he told me this six seven weeks ago that the Friars were a, a Final Four team. He said, I've seen everybody play in the Big Twelve. Now the Big Twelve has been ranked maybe the best conference in the country at different portions of the year. Yeah. And Tim told me he's as good as Fries as good as or better than anybody in the Big Twelve. Wow! And he's seen everybody, every, all those teams personally. Mm-hmm. They've beaten, you know, Texas Tech, which is a very good team down there. Kansas is always good. So, I mean, it's it's kind of why I don't know what conference would be the best, but the team that I would not want to face are, are the teams out of the SEC. I mean, they 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 scare me because they're and you know Calipari and, and with uh, Grady. Grady scored two thousand points at Davidson. Right. Right. He was a, not very highly recruited. He shoots the lights out. And they got a point guard who transferred from Creighton, mm-hmm. who's done a great job for, for Kentucky. So, you know, uh, those those teams there, they, they you know, Arkansas is playing well right now. You know, I mean, they're, they're Alabama. I mean, yeah. Alabama's. <laughs> I mean, those teams are pretty good down there. And I, I think they have the best collection of coaches in the, in the, in the country as well. Uh, from, you know, Coach Cal, you mentioned Rick Barnes. Uh, the coach at uh, Arkansas, Musselman, is excellent. I think the Alabama coach, it, it, they have a lot of experience winning coaches, which certainly helps NCAA tournament time. Uh, one more yeah. thing before the Friars. Joe, you, you told me a good story about your former coach with the Seattle Sonics, uh, Lenny Wilkins. Uh, I, I agree. I uh, 
believe he's still living up in that Seattle area. And guess what? He listens to Joe and John Rook. He was so funny. Uh, he's 80, Lenny's like 83 years old now, and he's still shopping. You know, the, the DePaul game, he was calling me while I was on the air. He called me. I, <laughs> I had three telephone calls from him, and then one voice message he finally left me. Probably thought I was blowing him off, but I texted him during a commercial. And said, Lenny, I'm in the middle of the game. I'll call you after the game. <laughs> so <laughs> I called him on a, with my wife in the car. I called him in the car on the way home. And he said, oh, I, said I really like this team. He said, was, they're fun to watch. He says, they know how to play and they're smart. And he says, Ed Cooley's doing a terrific job and, and how he gets each guy to play their role. He says, so he's, he's really thrilled about how the team is, is playing. You know, it's, it's great that he's watching the team, too. But he said, I thought of you, too, because I see all the snow on the ground. He said, I don't miss that being back there. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't. And, and fine, he can watch on Fox or on uh, CBS Sports. That's fine. But he has to listen to his former pupil. I mean, come on, get the WPRO app. It's easy, Lenny. Let's go. You know? I know. I know. I, I was listening to you last night. I turned on. I was in the car. I was driving around. I was grabbed the last eight minutes and seven minutes for commercials. I said, wow, man, you must be making a ton of money over there. The whole show is commercials at the end. You like the nightly news. like They do all the news in the beginning, and then at the end of the show, they run all the ads. So I caught all the ads last night. Well, a lot of good ads, though. And I know you I know you at the end. You know, you, you hang in for a Rooch and I and our pick of the night. So and I'm not saying right. the pick of the night is a winner all the time, but we just try to provide a little bit of guidance. That's all. Tiny bit of guidance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know. Best way on that guidance, I think, is you just take try to take the team you think is going to win, and that's it. Never mind picking the points. I'm with the you. money line. We love the money line. <laughs> Let's take a break from the 401 podcast and hear from our friends at Haxton's Liquors. Are you planning a March Madness party? Well, you should be. The big games are on the way. Before the big bash, stop by and see my pals at Haxton's Liquors on Bald Hill Road in Warwick. Tim and Bob Haxton are always ready to serve you and have everything you need. All the top wines and spirits, plenty of beer choices, a huge selection of spiked seltzers, and all the mixers. Haxton's is always ready to serve you, so stop in and see the Haxton boys and their great staff. They do an excellent job with air filtration in their giant store, and we're certainly thrilled that they are proud sponsors of Kevin Mack Sports. So, Joe, two things that really... uh, stick out with me with this Providence team as the season has gone on. I, obviously, they, they've avoided injury. They have Al Durham banged up a little bit right now. A.J. Reeves, you know, had the, had the finger for a while. But, you know, something's always going to happen over the course of a season. But they've avoided injury, which is vital. Uh, they've been, obviously, very, very good in close games. 10-1 uh, and one is just unheard of in games decided by five points or less. But this is a team that's, one, playing with great confidence, and, and two, the pieces fit together. I don't think they're going to have an all-league player first team, which is just amazing. They may win the regular season, and you know Nate Watson is going to be a very strong contender, but they may not get anyone on the first team. It just shows the pieces fit together really, really well. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is such a fun team to watch. But you're right about all the pieces filling it. You know, I've mentioned this before, but you know, when Bill Belichick is up in in New England, and they have a great player on the other team, or two great players. They they devise their whole defense to try to stop those, take those two guys out of the game, make somebody else beat you. Well, if you're scouting Providence, who do you take out of the game? I mean, who do you, who do you try to stop? I mean, every one of those guys has played very well in clutch situations. And my my one word I could describe them as is clutch. I mean, they make every one of those guys has made a big shot during the course of the game. You know, that last game, for example, everybody was knocking down threes when they were behind by 10, 12, 13 points, and 
and just got closer and closer and hung in the game. And they've done that all year. Then you get the Sandman at the end. I call him the Sandman. Uh, yeah, Al Durham. Uh, Durham. Yeah. When he gets to the line, he just closes out the games. And they didn't have him last game. And, and it showed in the first half when he didn't play because Bynum, you know, had to start. And, you know, Bynum played the whole game except mm-hmm. for 28 seconds. He played wow. 44 minutes in that game at 32 seconds. So, you know, when he had to start, the rotation was off a bit and they, they, they just weren't in any kind of sync when Durham was in the game. So, but they figured it out in the second half, shot 60%, and come back and won the game. But that's his team. I mean, look at A.J. Reeves. I mean, he didn't even come close on seven shots during the course of the first half and beginning of the second half. And then when they needed two threes to be made when they were down eight, he knocks them both down in a row. You know, it's just that's the way it's been up there all year with this team, and they're just clutch. They make clutch shots all the time. Yeah, I was going to say that, Joe. As as a shooter, you know, uh you know, AJ is obviously, you know, billed as a shooter, and Noah Horkler can knock down some shots. Uh, Bynum, I'm going to ask you about him and his shooting in a, in, in a bit. But th- they seem to all hunt their shots late in games when they need it. That speaks to that confidence level, correct? Yeah, and, you know, you talk about Durham is one of those guys I mentioned, yes. too, is that he doesn't look for a shot in the first half, if you notice. He very rarely looks for a shot. He, he tries to get everybody involved offensively, moves the ball, and gets it to – Big, big Nate inside, and then the second half when you need a basket, he seems to be the guy that wants to go get it. He mm-hmm. goes down the lane. He knows he's going to get fouled, get to the line, or make the basket, or both. You know, and and he does that, and and you know Bynum can do that very well as well. And the guy that sometimes get overlooked in those situations is Noah Hawkler. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hawkler last game, you know, not just to, just to use last game as an example, but he's been there all year. He's their leading rebounder, and he's their best shot blocker. And in the last game, he blocked two shots late. Then he gets the big rebound at the end of the game, and he mm-hmm. hits two three-pointers, and then he hits the, game, the tying shot on the wing to, to get the game into overtime. I mean, so, I mean, these guys just all come through in the clutch, but Hawk was the guy sometimes you get to overlook, but, you know, he's shooting, you know, 42% from three. I mean, yeah. so, and Ed ran some plays for him. You know what was great about Ed that game? They were out of timeouts with 14 minutes to go in the game. It was like a revisiting of Pete Gillen. You know, <laughs> Pete right. used to use all his timeouts early, right? So, so there's no timeouts left for 14 minutes. But he had the offense in front of him in the second half because you have the home basket. And they would come down, he'd yell out something, and Bynum would look at him, and they'd run everything. And they were so efficient in the, in the second half of that game. It was terrific to watch. They got Hawkland in one corner, and then the same play in the opposite corner. They took their time, and he got two three-pointers and knocked it down. Then he got one for A.J. Reeves and Nate Watson. They have Teams are so concerned about him getting the ball inside that the corners are opening up, and they get an open three, so that's where they ran the plays. Mm-hmm. It was just great execution with no timeouts, and it was perfect because the, the guys having a veteran team that that has, they can do that. You know, they, 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 we can, we got this. We're going to settle down and take care of it. Yeah, it puts an awful lot of pressure on the opposing defense. There's no question about it because you truly, you can't even concentrate on two guys. Forget about one guy. Hey, you mentioned Bynum and his shooting. We know what the stats were last year, just, just grisly. Uh, as I said, he was throwing frisbees up there. Well, now I believe he leads the team in three point shooting. He's in, he's in the 40s. Uh, great confidence. He seems to always throw one in from 28, 30 feet at the end of a shot clock. Uh, you can you can improve as a shooter, correct, Joe? But th- this is something to behold. This is insane. I mean, he's thirty three of seventy three from three at forty five percent. And the last game he hit one. And Thompson now Thompson, by the way, who plays for Butler, 
was considered as one of the top defensive players in the country last year. He was a finalist for the top defensive player in the whole country, not That's just right. the Big East. And Bynum rose up and knocked a three in his face, you know, late in the shot clock, late in the game. And he was like, he couldn't believe it. Thompson was like <laughs> punching himself in the head, you know, walking off the court. Like, how did I let him get that shot off? But that's what Bynum's been doing all year. He makes unbelievable shots that you say, why is he even taking that shot? And then it goes in and you say, man, I can't even believe he made that shot. So yeah. he's had one of those special years where you know, he's been above and beyond what anybody expected. I can't believe anybody really expected this from him, but he's been awesome. I mean, he can get to the basket, but his three-point shooting has been just terrific. And you need that to be a successful team in college basketball. You have to have guys making threes, and he has stepped up to that role to do that. I mean, he and Hawkler outside, what a what a duo that is. Hawkler's at 42, and, and Bynum's at 45. I mean, you get two guys out there knocking down threes, and then Reeves will throw in occasional three there, here and there. And, you know, now you got a team that you got to worry about. And the big beneficiary to that is Nate Watson, because yeah. if you're – you're looking at the price. I can't give up threes. Well, Nate Watson gets the ball in the post, Kevin. It's over. It's over. He's yeah. scoring. Yeah. I mean, he's going left hand, right hand. I mean, he gets the right position there. Another thing they're doing very well with him now, they're being more patient and getting him the ball. You know, he comes down, they run a play. They look at him. He's open. Sometimes they don't throw it into him. Then they forget about him. But not, they didn't do that last game. They didn't forget about him. They, they didn't get him in one time. They swung the ball around, got it into him the second time. And he shows what he can do when he gets the ball inside. He's just a, a real matchup nightmare for any big guy. No, he's had a very good year and uh, a very unselfish because there are stretches of the game where either he, he's, he's sitting because Ed Croswell has to play too because he's shooting 70% from the field. But uh, there's stretches where Nate just doesn't touch the ball. But come crunch time, when they really need him, he's certainly stepped up. Before we get back to the 401 podcast, I'd like to take a moment to tell everyone about our good friends and great products at Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Many of my friends ordered gifts from Manscaped over the holidays and are so happy that they did right now. Well, now's the time to get the job done here with spring around the corner. And remember, get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code KMAC. That's K-M-C. Be the ballsiest gift giver ever with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Hey, Joe, the last one. Uh, Providence fans forever. The focus this time of year, you know, it's late February. Can we get in the NCAA tournament? Uh, can, we, can we just get in the tournament? Uh, they've been in the play-in game before. You know, uh, that, that 9, 10, 11 seed, fine. They're in the tournament. It's like a big celebration. The equation's totally changed this year. and Now they're acting like a, like a you know, a quote, big time program. Uh, they know they're going to be in the tournament. It's what seed are you? How do you tackle the importance? Of, we know we know what the importance of the Big East regular season is. Uh, that's that's the immediate goal. They can win a Big East regular season championship for the first time. No question that that certainly should be the focus. How about the balance between when you turn the page and go to the Big East tournament as maybe a one or two seed versus what I think is really important, the most important the NCAA tournament. I love to see them win the regular season title. I think that's the toughest one to win because, sure. you know, you got road games, you got injuries, you play it all during the year, you're traveling. And it's very difficult to win the regular season. You know, the Big East tournament, I, you know, hey, you want to win them both if you can because the, the better you do, I think, the higher you seed. And every year, like you mentioned, they've been, you know, you're always sitting around worried about the bubble and if they're going to get in and where they're going to be seeded. So 
you like to get a high seed. They haven't had a high seed in, you know, ever. So this would be an opportunity for them to do that. And they, they have it all right in front of them. You know, they got two big home games coming up and, you know, then the, the tough road game at, at Villanova on the first. But then they have, they have nine days off right. from that point. The Big East tournament starts on the ninth, which they won't be playing that night. They play the first round uh, as a bye. On a, thir- they'll they'll be a play one on Thursday, Tuesday, that's right. Yeah. And, you know, they'll get to play, and then, you know, they'll play three games if, if they can win that as well. So the Big East Storm is going to be difficult. It's going to be wide open. You see the league all year. Every game comes down to the last minute. Uh, except for Georgetown, I think the league is very talented and very competitive. So, mm-hmm. But the NCAA tournament is the ultimate goal, and um, I like to see them. The more they win, they realize the better the seeding they'll get. You know, Providence has never been in the top 16 as far as, you know, initial seeding, and they're in that position now. They can get a four or a three seed. Who knows? They win the big, win the Big East league and win the Big East tournament. Why can't they be a two seed? Sure. I mean, no. uh, you know, you're playing in the second or third best conference in the country, and you win both ends of it. You should be that high, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll see what happens going forward. But I think the seeding now is really, really important to this team, so they can get into a, you know the right bracket and maybe get some wins. Yeah, uh, highest seed Providence has ever had is a five. Um, you know, I think this team certainly has the opportunity to, to best that, which should be big. Hey, Joe, it's you know, there's no rain out there yet. I know you're crunching some numbers. We gotta make sure our man Putin doesn't doesn't act up today. Oh, so God. maybe get out and swing a little bit. But I know you're gonna exercise. I know that. But uh, we'll see you at the dunk on Wednesday night. Yeah, we hope Putin just. I mean, I can't believe this is going on in 2022. I mean, it's just like primitive. Primitive. Doing this stuff. Primitive. You, 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 <laughs> sh- you shake your head. We're really going to have. We're really going to have war games. Come on, come on. Let, 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 let's let's all Ridiculous. act like adults. Jeez, crazy. Yeah. So we all can play some golf. Yeah, and not mess up March Madness. Okay, that's important too hey, in I, the grand scheme of things. I will tell you one thing before we go. Talk about golf. I mean, in Russia, I played in Moscow one year. Come on. And it was in June, and it doesn't get dark until midnight. Mm. So we were playing outside. I said, I'm leaving. The, I'm talking with Tommy Lagarde. And Robert Parrish on the way out, and I said, you know, this would be a great place for a golf course. Have it in Moscow. I said, you could play. You could go to work all day, and you could play 36 holes after work. It right. doesn't get dark until midnight. Right. It would be a great place. I mean, it only lasts for a month, but didn't see any golf courses when we left the place. But that would be awesome if they had any kind of capitalistic uh, ideas over there. That, that's what you could do instead of this communist stuff. I mean, yeah. they, they could be they could be making some more money over there maybe, just for golf. Yeah, maybe Putin, he's going to realize he's got an untapped market there, golf. Uh, has there ever been a golfer, pro golfer from Russia? Not that I know of. Nope. Come on, it's time to step it up. I don't know up. of any. Yeah, <laughs> step it up. There's a growth industry you could have. Joe, we always come to you for some unique ideas. We appreciate it very much. <laughs> and uh, we'll see what happens the rest of the season. It's been a fun year. We'll check in again. Thanks very much. All right, Kevin. Have a good one. We'll see you. Thank you to Joe Hassett. No one pulls for the Friars more than Joe, but listen to his calls on WPRO. He will criticize the team, both teams, and not just the officials. He crucifies them. It's certainly worth a great listen. We always try to highlight some of Joe's best critiques on my radio show, the Kevin Mack Sports Hour on WPRO. Tune in there as well. And one more thing, this time from Coach Ed Cooley. So after that overtime win at Butler, the Friars are now 10-1 and in games decided by five points or less. Yes, 10-1. and That's unheard of, but it does echo back to something I talked about on the last 401 podcast. The Friars practice end-of-game situations every day, every practice. Now, I'm sure every team around the country 
Make sure that they focus on end-of-game situations. But I can attest, I've seen it. It's a daily occurrence. Uh, Cooley and his assistants put his team in different situations time after time, and that's certainly paying off in spades right now. Trust. Trust goes a long way. You know, you need trust with your players. You need trust with your assistant coaches. You know, and you may not get over the hump sometimes, but you can always come back to a situation where, you know, we've been in this before. We've done this before. We like playing in close games. You know what I mean? I tell them, hey, get me to two or three minutes in a one-two possession game. That's where I know I'm not lucky. That's why I know we're damn good. And, and the numbers will speak to that. The closer the game, the more comfortable I feel. Big leads are hard to coach in. Really, really hard to coach in. So great question. Well, that's it for this week's 401 podcast. Here's good luck to all of the teams in our area. Watch out for Bryant. They can certainly win the Northeast Conference. And enjoy the rest of this college basketball season and get ready for a really big march. Please pass along this podcast to all your pals and subscribe to our website at kevinmaxsports.com. Makes a great gift with the college basketball season in full swing and march ahead. If you can't find any timely coverage of the Friars or any local team, this is the place, kevinmaxsports.com. Thanks, as always, to producer extraordinaire Kevin Collins. You can chase down more of my interviews at kevinmaxsports.com and on WPRO Radio, where I host the Kevin Max Sports Hour, 6 to 7 p.m., Monday through Friday. Also, please follow me on Twitter at KevinMcNamara33 for all the latest sports updates. Thanks also to our friends at Haxton's Liquors and Manscaped. And the 401 Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Buzzsprout. Subscribe on whatever platform you enjoy most. Shoot us a like and look for the next edition of the 401 Podcast with Kevin McNamara. Thanks for listening to the 401 Podcast with Kevin McNamara. Get the 411 on the sports scene in the 401 by subscribing to the 401 Podcast from KevinMacSports.com.